Up next, TGIF on KFOX. Good afternoon, Los Angeles and all of Southern California. I'm Farley Malaris, and you're listening to Astrological Metaphysical Radio, the phenomenon of the 80s. On KFOX 93.5 FM, your talk alternative. Smile, sweet freedom, shine your light on me. Woo, doggies. K-Fox Radio with Uncle Farley, weekdays at 12 noon. And the first person to call will receive a free love boat cruise with Farley Malaris. I'm just joking. It's Friday the Fools. Anyway, is there anybody listening today? Look at this. The black lines, they're dead. The phone lines are dead. It's okay, I'm not going to be insecure. We're just going to play music until somebody calls. <laughs> What's wrong, Void Course, Scorpio Moon? Let's change this show to Mostly Eclectic and bring Tomas in here. <laughs> totally erase the format of the show. We're talking about relationships today. What we're going to do is we are going to analyze relationships, and we're going to figure out why we're so weird. Why we go after certain specific types of people as we analyze the Venus and Mars factor in relationships, which is absolutely critical for you new listeners and moot new and your moot moo you new members out there. You're gonna love this topic if you don't have a chart. Ha <laughs> ha! You don't have a chart, too bad. You blew it because you need to know your Venus Mars for this topic, but if you know your Venus and Mars, <laughs> you will understand your relationship factors that much better. Yeah, huh? We happening today. Oh, the lines are full. Forget it. Everybody on the phones, you're going to be on the air with me. Aren't? Isn't that special? Okay, and you know, as part of today's exciting, exuberating, enlightening topic, we will look at your Venus and Mars in lieu of a personal or private or a general question and see what kind of people you are suckered into. Huh? What do you think about that? We'll also find out why some people get married early and stay happy, why other people are wanderers and never get married or seem to be happy. Why some people are in commitments and some people can't make commitments and why they're independent and others aren't. So today is an excellent topic, interested in relationships, and you do need your astroscope to understand these astrology topics. Okay, find your Venus and find your Mars. Venus and Mars are interesting planets when considering astrological analysis. If there has been one major reason why I believe and understand and embrace and respect astrology, it is because of the analysis of the planets Venus and Mars. Wow. Talk about taking off your underpants, right? Or removing your brassiere. You are naked when an astrologer looks at your Venus or Mars. These are powerful puppy planets. Trust me. Let's take a look at exactly what the planets Venus and Mars signify in the natal chart. Well, I'll tell you what they signify. Number one, Venus tells us the nurturing factor, the sensitive factor, the vulnerable factor, we are talking about love, romance, tenderness. This tells us how an individual loves, if they're capable of love, if they're capable of receiving love, whether they're charmers, snake charmers, whether they're authentic, Venus tells all. I look at a woman's Venus when I'm checking her out. I want to date somebody. I want to find out if they're compatible with me. I want to know if they're a cold fish or a hot potato, right? And there's nothing wrong with being a cold fish. Some people just aren't into sex. They don't understand sex. Maybe that's why they're not into it. But at the same time, you can look at someone's Venus and they are naked. I don't care whether it's a man or a woman. Venus specifically tells us love factor, period. Now, Mars. 
is a heavy puppy. Mars is the heaviest of the two puppies, in my opinion, because Mars specifically designates sexual factor. So love and sex go hand in hand, and Venus and Mars tells us what's going on. Obviously, there's a couple of points you can understand through this show called Relationship Factors, and that is by understanding where a person's Venus and Mars is in their natal chart, you can understand their love and their sexual factors, which can help tell you where they're coming from. Obviously, if you're dealing with a person that has Venus in Pisces and Mars in Scorpio, look out, because you are looking at a loving, romantic, nurturing, sexual, sensitive person. Touching their skin and their nerve endings are going to be a lot more responsive, perhaps, than touching someone's skin who might have Venus in Virgo and Mars in Aquarius, who may need a lot more mental stimulation and who might need a lot more physical stimulation to get anything close to the type of response that someone with Venus and Mars in fire or water might feel, because we find the fire and the water to be a lot more responsive, a lot more sensitive when it comes to Venus and Mars. Fire being Leo, Aries, and Sag, water being Pisces, Scorpio, and Cancer. And we can sometimes label those people the attackers or the aggressors, or the ones that are anxious to get things going and get the clothes off and whatever. Now, there's a couple other things you want to recognize when looking at Venus and Mars. Venus is the feminine karma that you bring back with you from all your previous lifetimes. And I want to make that clear. Got it? Venus is the female karma, or whatever you attract in the form of females in your life. This is an exact duplication, an exact reflection of the type of woman or female factor you had in past lives. Now, this is very heavy, because even if you're a gay man and you're not involved with women sexually, the types of women in your life would still be a reflection of the kind of woman you might have been. Now, also, the Mars factor, in, as far as reincarnation is concerned, the type of Mars in your chart, and when I talk about a planet, I am always talking about that planet, number one, in a sign, like Aries, Taurus, Gemini, Cancer, Leo, Virgo, Libra, Scorpio, Sag, Capricorn, or Pisces, a number two, a planet in a house, 1 through 12, and the planet by aspect. So when we talk about planetary factors, we are always talking about review and analysis of the planet in the sign first, then the planet in the house second, then the planet by aspect, which is exactly what the astroscope does. In our natal astroscopes, what we do is we give you a term paper analyzing, describing, and also revealing to you all of your planets, where they're placed, astrologically signs, where they're placed in the houses, and all of the major aspects affecting them. So when you get an astroscope, if you memorize that puppy, you're going to get your chart down, you're going to understand your planets. And once again, astrology is a science that analyzes the planetary locations in the sky at birth to reveal character, destiny, identity, karma, and that cosmic charge a baby absorbs when it's born and it takes its first breath. Now, Venus, obviously, is associated with the power to love the power to attract, and cohesion. Also the power of quiet, gentle persuasion or intense charm. So depending where the Venus is will tell us exactly how persuasive our charming individual also could be. And also remember, Venus represents, like I said, the receptive, feminine, or yin side of our emotional natures. Okay, so we're talking about yin-yang today, because <laughs> Mars is the yang. You got it. Venus is a very stimulating planet. It stimulates the desire to be sociable or unsociable. Its influences are balance from Libra, harmonization, and peacemaking from Taurus. It is symbolic of affection, sentiment, sympathy, romance, friendship, 
beauty, pleasure, art, music, festivities, manners, attractiveness, values, appreciation, and a sense of aesthetics. So that means if you can understand Venus, first of all, in its definition, like I just talked about, and then combine the meaning of Venus with whatever the... Isn't that funny? Feels like there's an earthquake going on. Anyway, if you can combine... There's not. There's not. Don't worry. <laughs> earthquake watching. Earthquake during the show. Anyway, <laughs> if there was an earthquake, I'd probably fasten my seatbelt. There's one in the chair. Anyway, astrology is a science of correlation. So obviously you have to memorize things like the basic meanings of the planets, the basic meanings of the signs, the basic meanings of the houses, and then the basic meanings of the aspects. And then by combining those, right, like I have Venus in Cancer, in the ninth house, square Neptune. So to understand my aesthetic factor, my feminine quality, my sensitive nature, my love vibration, if you knew what Venus meant, which I just told you, what Cancer meant, which you could look up or find out about, what the ninth house meant, what a square is, what Neptune is, then you'd understand Farley Malaris's love factor. Let's be totally hypothetical, and let's say we're analyzing someone with Venus in Aquarius, in the third house, opposed Mars, square Saturn, trying Jupiter. Then if you knew what Venus meant, just like I told you, what Aquarius meant, what the third house meant, what Mars meant, what the opposition Mars is in the ninth house, what the square Saturn, what the trine Jupiter was, and see, you combine all those things. You can make a list of what all the meanings are affecting one single planet to start to weed through what a person's character and individuality is all about. Don't you see it? Don't you see why we are all so different? Don't you see why sometimes looking for relationships is like searching for a needle in a haystack so many times? Because you are dealing with so many individuals, especially when we talk about Venus-Mars comparisons. It is unbelievable. It is unbelievable the possibilities that are involved here when we talk about compatibility. You know, we talked about this relationship karma the last couple days, right, with people born in the 40s, 50s, and 60s from Neptune and Libra and Scorpio. And then if we consider now also on top of that the Venus-Mars factors and the potential possibilities that are eternal possibilities, No wonder people are having problems getting along in this small world, in this modern age, in this new technology age. It's because no one's getting what they want. Everybody's trying to change everybody else. You know, the only way people are going to change is themselves, right? But everyone else is going to try to change them anyway. But that won't work, and you just break up. So the best thing to do is embrace what you have and try to look at someone's life from their perspective and give them respect for their Venus and Mars. Now, Mars is heavy. Mars is the heavyweight, in my opinion. The nature of the planet Mars is Yang. It is the complement of Venus. And Mars, just like Venus, is the receptive feminine or yin side of our nature. Also, Mars is the positive, outgoing, masculine side of our nature. So Mars would be the reincarnational reflection of the type of man we were or the male reflection we designated, we gave out in past lives. Got it? Venus tells us the type of women that we were and Mars tells us the type of men we were. So obviously, in karma, you attract your past, right? You go after your past because you want to absolve karma, so you want to get together with people that were your own past bad reflections. And you love and embrace and nurture and get obsessed with these people, and that's what karma's all about. That's why we end up in so many of the wrong relationships because these wrong relationships help us improve and evolve by learning the lessons and by embracing our own past bad selves. I hope that's clear to you, right? So it doesn't matter if you're straight or gay. Venus is women and Mars is men. So obviously, if you're interested in women, then you want to get down what your Venus is. Because Venus is going to tell you the type of women you're going to go after who will be your own past reflection. Or actually, the women you end up with are actually yourself and past lives. hope that's clear. 
And if you're a gay woman, obviously we analyze the Venus also. Heterosexual men and gay women are interested in Venus more to understand these women we attract. And then women, right, heterosexual women, if they want to know why they attract the men they attract, which are reflections of their own past male self as designated by the Mars in their charts, then they look at Mars just like gay men would. But always remember, whether you're straight or gay, Venus is love and Mars is sex. Mars is the planet of desire, the ancient ruler of Scorpio, the modern ruler of Aries, two of the most intensely sexually aggressive energies, Aries and Scorpio, right? Mars is the planet of desire, energy, and action. I have Mars in Libra, conjunct Neptune, in the 12th house. I am so psychic that it is really difficult for me to be with a person who I know I'm going to make love with. I feel like running away. I always get this thing, don't you feel like we should get to know each other? Right. With Mars in Libra in the 12th house, the Pisces house conjunct Neptune, I should get to know someone when I can vividly see these pictures of romance and intimacy in my mind constantly. So, you know, you can really understand a lot about your own nature by plugging into Venus and Mars. Now, Mars, uh, like I said, it represents also war and anger. So obviously, if you're not sexually satisfied, if you're sexually frustrated, or if you're angry at someone, then we can analyze the Mars to see where this anger comes from. I have Mars in Libra, so I hate anger. I abhor it. So I do anything I can to avoid it. If I get angry, I usually like to run away from people because I don't want to upset myself or others. Whereas a Mars in Scorpio might explode with anger, a Mars in Aries might also explode, Mars in Cancer could be very emotional, explode. Mars in Gemini might discuss their anger with people, Mars in Virgo and Capricorn might analyze it or work it out in a work situation. Struggles within and with others also are what are designated by Mars. It is closely related to our physical energy, our life force, our battery, and it rules our animal desires. So a lot of you women out there that think these men come on strong and vice versa, what you're really dealing with is the animal instinct that is plugged into the Martian factor in their natal charts. Martian expressions are desire, initiative, assertiveness, aggressiveness, (laughs) executive ability, courage, impulsiveness, resistance, self-will, adventurousness, rashness, often leading to accidents and cuts, and aggressive sexual intimate love. All right? And the aggressive nature of Mars also is easily expressed in the ambitious sign of Capricorn, which can be boring sexually because they're so career-oriented. It's sickening, right? And the driving force of Mars is restrained when it falls in my sign, the partnership sign of Libra, or the easygoing Taurus. The receptive nature of Cancer is also not compatible with Mars because Cancer energy squares Aries. It's, It's sometimes too romantic. It's too vulnerable. Zeroing in on Venus-Mars comparisons can be the secret for you to understand your love and your relationship factors, especially if you have Venus or Mars in the mutables, right? Emphasis on Virgo and Gemini, sometimes both signs, oftentimes will give too open-minded of a nature and create a major need to be either bisexual or completely gay because Virgo and Gemini seem to rule that vibration. So when you get that, a lot of our gay friends and gay members and listeners have a strong Gemini-Virgo factor in their chart, and or Aquarius-Leo added to that. It's your job to use art services. Make this your correspondence class. This is a class. Unlike other astrology shows you might hear, I just don't do readings, I teach. And you can't learn unless you have your chart. Let me go over some basic vibrations so those of you recording the show and taking notes will understand some of the details of Venus-Mars analysis. I've already told you what Venus means. 
and I've already told you what Mars means. So to get down the correlations, let's understand what the signs in the houses mean. And it's easy because one sign correlates with one house. There's each sign correlates with one special house, so combining these meanings can be easier. For example, Aries, Aries vibration and first house vibration are the same. So even if you have Mars in Gemini, if it's in the first house, there's going to be an Aries vibration connected with it, a very aggressive nature. So I want that clear. Like, I have Venus in Cancer, but the reason why I'm such a happy, optimistic, funny guy is because I have Venus in the ninth house, which is the Sagittarian flavor. You got that? Let's go over what each of the 12 houses are, first of all. The Aries vibration is in the first house. The Taurus vibration is in the second house. If you know your signs in order, you got this down, I'll tell you. The Gemini vibration is in the third house. The Cancer vibration comes from the fourth house, with the Leo vibration coming from the fifth house. Then the Virgo vibrations in the sixth house. See, so I know a woman, a friend of mine, an actress, who has Mars in Scorpio. Supposed to be horny and passionate, right? Wrong. We're talking Mars in the sixth house. There's a Virgo factor connected to that. Sure, Mars in Scorpio has passion potential, and it can be periodically passionate if, when it's in the sixth house, but the sixth house is a prudent Virgo vibration. These people can go celibate for years. So knowing what house your Venus or Mars is in is just as important, if not more so, than knowing what sign it's in. Make sure you understand that. Venus-Mars understanding has to do with combining the house and the sign the planet is in. Make that clear. The seventh house vibration is Libra. The eighth house vibration is Scorpio. Let's check this out. Somebody with Venus or Mars in Aquarius or Virgo, which would normally need patience, take time, and be a bit more prudent and selective, could go totally hog-wild berserk sexually if they have an unafflicted Venus or Mars in the 8th house because of the Scorpio vibration. I want to make that clear. <laughs> we find a lot of berserk people going wild with 8th house planets because they're so sensitive, they're so vulnerable, they can be obsessed with intimacy. So they go for it. They experiment with it. Ninth house vibration, which is where my Venus is, is the Sagittarian factor, okay, which is also very affectionate, as you know. And <laughs> the 10th house vibration is the Capricorn vibration. The 11th house vibration is the Aquarian vibration, and the 12th house vibration is Pisces. Now, let's go over briefly what it means to have any planet in any of the 12 signs to understand the Venus-Mars effect. Now, the fire signs, right, of Aries, Leo, and Sag, or any planets, Venus or Mars, in the 1st, 5th, or ninth house, which is the Aries, Leo, Sag vibration, this is an aggressive force. Fire is affectionate. Fire is warm. Fire is hot. So we do find usually a lot more sexually oriented people, a lot more people that are physical, kissing, you know, making out type factors in the fire signs, Venus or Mars in the fire. That's hot. That's physical. Earth, Taurus, Virgo, or Capricorn, which is the second house, sixth house, or tenth house vibration, has lust potential, but may need more patience. Now, of the three Earth signs, Taurus is a lot more aggressive. Because Taurus requires body contact. They're physical. And they're also stubborn and hard-headed. So if they like you, they go after it. Virgo is one of the more refined, restrained signs, romantically speaking, of all 12 signs. Virgo rules the virgin. Virgo rules ethics and morality. So people with Venus and Mars and Virgo may have some confusion or some restrictions mentally concerning love, sex, and romance with Venus or Mars in Virgo. That's why a lot of people with Virgo planets experiment bisexuality 
homosexuality, even being kinky, are something totally off the wall. Sometimes they're looking for some kind of major explosion statement to let them know that they're there. Also, one heavy thing about Virgo and Aquarius, which we'll talk about, is if Virgo does fall in love, if Virgo factors fall in love, and they know it's real, then they can be the best romantically because of the way they will serve you. We're talking about service with a smile, okay? So Virgo energy is not all that bad. That's why a lot of gay people that have Virgo go wild. And a lot of straight people that have Virgo also go wild when they finally find that that one in a million love they're looking for oftentimes. Capricorn is also very experimentative. Tenth house planets or Capricorn planets is very lusty and they don't have that much time for relationships often so they can dive in or completely abstain. They're extremist often. Now we go to the fire. We've done the earth. Let's go to the uh, the air. Okay, Gemini, Aquarius or Libra which is second house planets. 7th house planets and 11th house planets, we are talking mental. We are talking people that need to understand love in the brain. (laughs) They'd like to talk about it. They like to therapy it out. They like sessions. They like discussions. Oftentimes they are not near as physical as the rest of us, but they have potential. Even though I have Mars in an air sign in Libra, forget it, it's in the 12th house in Pisces, so obviously I am verbal and sensitive at the same time I'm intimate. (laughs) I do lots of talking. It goes hand in hand together. See, that's what you do. You combine the planet with the sign in the house it's in so my sexual energy can be diagrammed and diagnosed as the Libra-Pisces combination, which is wild. It's a wild combination. Libra and Pisces. Pisces being extremely passionate and Libra being very charming. So when they come together, look out. Libra is the most aggressive of the air signs. Gemini is second. Aquarius is the most standoffish and the most hard-headed about not being in a right mood. Now, I want to make one thing clear. You have Venus and Mars and Aquarius. You might not like to have sex that much. But when you do, rumor has it Aquarius is the most powerful sexual explosion of all the signs. So they might not have that much frequency. But when they're in the mood, look out. (laughs) Watch out! (laughs) Because their high intellect can plug them into a kundalini effect that can work quite well. I might add. Of course, rumor has it. I don't, am I speaking from experience? Yes, I am. Okay. Now, also, finally, the water. Now, we're talking about, this is the hardcore people. These people are hardcore into love, sex, and romance. Very intuitive, very psychic. They usually can recognize lovers on approach when they see them. So, Venus and Mars in Cancer, Pisces, or Scorpio, or in the 4th house, 8th house, or 12th house, which is where I have my Mars, are extremely intuitive when it comes to love, sex, and romance with high levels of passion, high emotional and sensual needs, and obviously you can see where there's going to be some problems in combining, you know, some of these signed vibrations with others. Notice some of them are reserve and ethical and moral and need time and patience. Other ones are intuitive and fiery and aggressive. Obviously, if you meet someone with Venus in Leo and Mars in Scorpio, if they like you, they might tear their clothes off. Your clothes, too. And that's why you know <laughs> Tomas has Venus and Scorpio and Mars. <laughs> that's why some of you ladies and guys out there that are wondering why these first dates are so aggressive, check their astrology charts and see where their Venus and Mars is, and then you'll know why. If you've been dating someone for six, seven times, and they still haven't kissed you yet, maybe it's because they have Venus and Mars and Aquarius. They'd rather talk. <laughs> that's what turns them on. I've known people like that. Okay, that's a nice topic. Relationship factors concerning Venus and Mars. And you should definitely send for your chart today. 
That's another edition of Astrological Metaphysical Radio. Hope you liked it. See you real soon. Weekdays in the Fox at 12 noon. Bye-bye.